Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's David Smith and Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. I'm Monty Larrick, and this is David Smith. Yellow. The Executive Director of the Illinois Family Institute and Illinois Family Action. Longtime First District U.S. Representative Bobby Rush is not seeking re-election. More than a dozen of his fellow Democrats are seeking to fill his seat in Congress. But Gino Young says it's time for a conservative Republican That's right. to represent the people of the newly remapped First District. Now, the First District uh, encompasses part of uh, the south side of Chicago, southern Cook County suburbs, uh, head south and west past Cook County, and most of the voters there are in a small northern tip of the district. So, Mr. Young, uh, why... Thank Welcome. You. Thank you. And why did you enter this race, and what makes you qualified to represent the people of the 1st District in Washington? Great question. Well, I entered this race because I got sick and tired of watching um, politics as usual. Um, we have a lot of career politicians in there, like Bobby Rush, who have been in there, frankly, longer than I've been alive. And there's been, <laughs> <laughs> there's been no uh, no change. They blow into town every two years talking about change. And the only change they're interested in is the, maybe the little pennies they might have left you jingling around in your pocket, <laughs> pocket change. So uh, you come from the city uh, and you're a Republican. Wow. I mean, <laughs> isn't that an endangered brand oh, over there? Oh, yes. Oh, certainly. I mean, I, I, I get a lot of flack for that over there. Oh, I bet you do. You, yeah. So what are your, like, number one, two, and three priorities or the most important things of why you're running? I know pro-life is one of oh, them, yes. but where does it fall? Tell us. Um, pro-life is number one. Um, what's going on with abortion is absolutely unbelievable. Um, the evil that's present there, um, the black community speaking uh, in particular, we rank up about 13% of the population, and we'd be almost double to triple that if it wasn't for right. abortion. And um, Margaret Sanger, the um, the architect of uh, Planned Parenthood, yes, she believed in eugenics, in eugenics, and she believed in um, in uh, genocide of the black community. And her entire platform was to make sure that we were not able to procreate, and that's what's going on right now. Get rid of as many black as oh, they yes. can, right? Oh, yes. And Hispanic and oh, disabled yes. and mm-hmm. well, think, undesirables. Think about how much influence the black community would have, right? If not for abortion. Think about it. I know. Our representation, we'd be so much stronger, so much bigger if it wasn't for that. Now we have even Jesse Jackson's son Mm -hmm. running for the 1st Congressional District, and that's going to bring, you know, another power broker into it. Right. But when you have 17 Democrats facing off against each other, they really can split the vote in so many different (laughs) ways. So many different ways. That someone who they don't see coming Mm -hmm. will win. But even if you face off against um, a pro-life Democrat, there's mm-hmm. only one on the other side, mm-hmm. um, you know, you have other conservative values that you'd like to bring to the table. Tell me a little bit more about those, your, your platform. Okay, well, I'm, I'm running on an America First platform, and what I really want to do, I want to stop the, um, the interventions abroad. We need to focus on, on America and America First. It makes no sense that we have tens of thousands of vets living on our street, and we're trying to help other people in other nations. I mean, we need to take care of home first. And other than that, we really need to, to get a control on our southern border. Um, 
the crime that's out of control, um, the illegal aliens coming over, taking jobs that entry level jobs that would be available for uh, minority communities. That's a problem as well. I mean, there's so many different things. And I, I would like to continue the work to um, secure our border and to finish the wall. Well, let me ask Good. you, you say you don't want American intervention. No. Okay. So a lot of people have on, on their minds now, Russia and the Ukraine mm -hmm. situation. But let's say China, after the Olympics, decides to invade Taiwan. What should the U.S. response be? Well, I believe that if they do decide to invade Taiwan, I guess we'd have to do something. But as far as sending our, our, um, our treasure over there, our children over there, I'm, I just don't think that that's a good idea. I just really don't. I think so, we, Gino, you think we've spilled too much American blood way too much. in our troops? Way too much. So like what we're doing in Ukraine right now, we're sending them military equipment, mm -hmm. preparing them to be able to fight. Mm -hmm. uh, they're going to still get steamrolled. Yeah. And it's going to happen with Taiwan if, if, if the superpowers of the world don't come together and, and help out. So, I mean, I, I have a sympathy with you, bro. Um, that <laughs> I, I'm, I'm tired of these long wars. Mm -hmm. You know, Trump got us out. Now we've got, um, you know, all these uh, hot spots. But you know why we have these hot spots is we have a very weak leader in oh, the yes. White House right now who, who isn't carrying a big stick. That's right. I mean, most people saw Donald Trump not only as a big talker, but crazy enough to do it, you right. know. They were afraid <laughs> of him. <laughs> to back up his rhetoric, right? right? You know, they said, we better not mess with that guy. That's you know? right. That's right. <laughs> so, I mean, carrying a big stick, you agree with. You I know? do. Strong military. Oh, yes. Well, that's vitally important. Mm -hmm. A strong, non-woke Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Tell me. Well, um, I believe that what we saw last year... <laughs> What we saw last year in Afghanistan was a travesty. Um, we have a military that's more focused on culture wars than they are combat mm. wars. And when you see General Milley up there talking about um, white fragility and white rage and, and quoting Robin DiAngelo, a horrible <laughs> critical race theorist, I mean, that has no place in our military. Have you seen the ads that they put out? You know, with the woman, um, I believe it was, um, I, I can't remember if it was the Marines or the Air Force, but it was a Hispanic woman talking about how she's uh, all her different um, gender and racial background. I mean, that doesn't this qualify. Was an ad for for the army, it was an ad. I it was an ad think last I recall year. This, oh yes. Yeah. Oh, you're kidding oh, yeah. me. So disappointing. So how does that improve military readiness? It doesn't. Uh, it, it has absolutely nothing. That's completely irrelevant. All we need to know is if you're competent and if you have um, the ability to do the job. That's what we need to focus on. Your color or where you come from, your background. I mean, that's great. That's personal to you, but it makes no difference. Well, on the battlefield, everyone bleeds red. These these transgender things going oh, yeah. on in, in the military, too. You, you're too young to remember this, but you may have seen it on you know reruns, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the comedy MASH. You remember MASH? I've heard of MASH. Well, yeah. there was, there He's was, heard of MASH. <laughs> oh, I'm old. Oh, I'm old. <laughs> I mean, I, I do like old television, but that's one I haven't well, gotten around well, to. Well, it was a Korean uh, army unit that specialized in a hospital, right? Mm -hmm. It was a hospital on, on the field. And one of the nurses, quote-unquote nurses, was a male named Klinger. But he would cross-dress mm -hmm. trying to get a discharge oh. for mental illness. Oh, wow. You know, and today that's not politically correct. No, they wouldn't allow that on TV <laughs> at all. Yeah. He wanted to go home. And so he was pretending to be <laughs> what he wasn't. But now to, today they're, they're actually paying for transgender surgeries. And then, then they're even making jumpsuits for pregnant women to be in combat. No. You know, I mean, this is crazy. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, when you go so woke that you 
that you completely undermine the entire purpose of the military. The military is there to protect. We're not, they're not there to push um, boundaries or to, to get involved in culture and different things like that. Right. The military is there to protect the American people. And when you, when you um, make sure that the culture overtakes um, the combat, that's a problem. Right. Or destroy or, de- you know, push oh, back the oh, enemy, yes. right? Oh, yes. I mean, so, um, yeah, I appreciate that. Well, let me ask you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you see as some of the greatest challenges right now in the first district? Off the top of my head, I would say um, maybe crime. Oh yes. Uh, maybe lack of uh, jobs that can support a family. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, I think crime is definitely a big one. Um, the crime is just unbelievable. We had a 15-year-old, I believe, yesterday yep. or the day before that was just shot yep. on his way back from school in Inglewood. I mean, that is. That's just a travesty. That's that's a life that's lost, and we'll never know what that young man and was capable of. weeks before that, it was an 8-year-old, and oh, weeks yes. before that, it was another 7-year-old. Right. Oh, it's crazy on and how on. many kids are getting hit with oh, bullets. It's, it's, it's horrible. The troubling thing is it's become normalized. It has been. We accept it now. Right. It's just part of what happens in the city of Chicago, but it doesn't have to be that way. No, it doesn't have to be that way, and I think there's so much that can be done on the federal level to help with crime. I believe that um, to make sure that... Um, the police that they're number one supported, number one, they have the appropriate funding, and that um, the police, they actually, I believe they deserve a raise, and I believe that um, that they don't make enough for what they do. And yeah. I think that that's, that's something to incentivize people to join the police department, because a lot of people are walking away, and we can't have, um, we, we can't have a, a nation or a city without the police. We just can't have that. And in, the, in your community, mm-hmm. they don't want less, No, right? they want more. What community in the whole world wants there less are, police? There pro- are none. They, know, protection. Right, right after the entire, you know, Black Lives Matter, defund the police um, debacle, they actually polled the black community. And up to, up to I believe, 77% want more <laughs> policing. There is no consensus for no police in the black community. That so just they're disconnected. Exist. Completely disconnected. These are ideologues and uh, activists and, frankly, woke white leftists who don't live in, the, in Chicago, don't live in Inglewood, who are sitting back in their gated communities talking about what the black community needs. And who, get, and who pays the price? Yeah. We do. Yeah. We pay with our blood. The black, yeah. the black community pays. The streets well, run red. Well, if black lives matter. Of course. Then you want more police. Exactly. To protect to black protect lives. Black lives. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it's that simple. All right. Well, let me ask you before mm-hmm. we take a break. Uh, we, there, there's some big challenges there here in the first district, mm-hmm. but there are some opportunities. There's opportunities for growth and development. Oh, yes. What do you see? Um, what I see as far as um, growth and development, I think that there are so many different um, avenues that we could get there. Number one, we need to we need to fix the infrastructure, um, the, the roads and the and the bridges. They're crumbling. Um, the the children. They have to be in a community where, going back to crime, where they don't have to worry about being gunned down in the street coming back home from school. There's so much. Um, opportunity for growth. We also have to make sure that, that there are jobs available and that, um, like I said, the border is secure so that illegal immigrants are not coming over, taking those jobs from people who would otherwise be working, which then creates a pathway to the streets and the gangs and other things like that. So, I mean, there, there are just so many different opportunities that are available, but we have to have someone in there who's willing to fight for them. Well, they, they could be making these semiconductors not in China. Right. They could be making them right in here. the first district. Of course. Yep. There we go. All right. Well, let me ask you, uh, what would you do to bring manufacturing to your district? Well, um, to bring manufacturing, number one, we have to continue to be hard on China and to make sure that they aren't taking our jobs. And I think that if we pour more money into the district and and cut a lot of the regulations and the different things that keep manufacturing from coming in, I think that would be a huge way to um, make yep. sure that we make some headway. Yep, absolutely. All right, this is Illinois Family Spotlight.
We are talking to a Republican who lives in the 1st yes. District, wants to be a Republican U.S. representative. His name is Gino Young, and uh, we want to find out more about Mr. Young after a few brief words. Stay tuned. Good intentions don't make a good idea. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. No matter how noble its intentions, any idea is ultimately tested by how well it does with reality. By most measures, the defund the police movement has failed dramatically. Since 2020, when calls for police reform escalated, the nation's seen a 30% spike in homicides and a rise in other violent crime. Now cities that once slashed police budgets, Portland, Los Angeles, Oakland, are now increasing them, some by up to 12%. The president's been inconsistent on the issue, but in January argued against cutting funding for police, but also for supplementing their work with community and mental health services. The Economist sums up why. Quote, no evidence suggests a relationship between the size of a police force and the number of people its officers kill. And yet, ample evidence suggests that bigger and better funded forces tend to reduce violent crime. The biblical position is that people aren't just mental health cases to be cured. They're moral agents who sometimes do what's wrong. So, even a healthy society will need more than just police, but it will never need less. I'm John Stone Street. An update from Illinois Family Institute, IllinoisFamily.org. Legislation introduced in the General Assembly would delete every appearance of the pronouns he, she, his, or her from existing laws pertaining to children. Crime. Failing government schools that don't properly educate our children. This is what our tax-funded state lawmakers need to be working on and focusing on, not this insanity. IFI's Kathy Valenti notes that State Senate Bill 3961 also seeks to change references to a mother to a person person who gives birth. As a mother and a grandmother, I am offended by this. This legislation must be stopped. Call and ask your state senator to vote no on the pronoun bill, State Senate Bill 3961. For your state senator's name and phone numbers, click officials finder at illinoisfamily.org. Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. Monty Larrick here along with David Smith. Yellow. He's the executive director of the Illinois Family Institute and Illinois Family Action. We're joined by a fine young man. Yep. I wish I was had been this bright when I was, <laughs> what, 25 years old? Right. Uh, I was an idiot, though. So, <laughs> and so anyway. No comment. Uh, back in my former liberal days. So this guy had a... Uh, well, let me ask you, how did you, how are you born and raised in liberal Chicago <laughs> and you turned out to be a conservative? How did that happen? Well, uh, simply, it happened, it's a great question. Um, what happened was um, Barack Obama was elected and, you know, everyone was excited, all the black people, you know, we finally had one of our own in there. And unfortunately, the reality was he really didn't do anything for the black community. He, com he completely abandoned us. He helped LGBTQ. He helped DACA Dreamers. He helped everybody but the black community. And President Trump said in um, 2016, he said, what do you have to lose? You go to the worst schools. You live in the worst communities. You have the worst of everything. What do you have to lose? You know, at, at first I was like, you know, who is he to say that? But then I thought about it. I was like, you know what? 
that's so true. We have the worst of everything. Why not take a, a shot or a chance on this man? And I realized that he wasn't connected. You know, he wasn't like a Mitt Romney type. He wasn't an establishment type. So I decided to give him a chance. And after that, I began to uh, self-educate myself, read different um, works by Mark Levin and other people. And that's where I really just found my conservatism. Right. And it resonated with you. It did resonate because I realized that mm. we had someone in there for all those years and nothing from Chicago and nothing changed. Mm. Absolutely nothing changed. So you went to private school. You went to St. Rita. Mm-hmm. So some of the folks on, on the podcast might say, yay. <laughs> so um, how important is the issue of education to the first congressional district, your community, but as a nation as a whole? Education, um, it is the gateway. It's the gateway to everything that you need in life, true education, not the critical race theory or the the stuff that's being pushed today. Um, I believe totally in school choice. I believe that the money must follow the child. And if your child is in a failing school, that your child should be plucked out of that school and the funding and put into a school where their minds can thrive. And I do believe that um, education should be a local issue. Now, As far as the Department of Education is concerned and um, the American Federations of Teachers, I believe that they have done a huge disservice to our children. They kept our kids out of school for two years, citing COVID, when the true true danger to our children was suicide and all the different things they've got. Depression, overdose. Overdose, you know, weight gain, all these different things that that, um, took root when they were pulled out of school. And... If you look at what's going on right now with um, the situation at Queen of Martyrs in Chicago, they yep. actually have dismissed the principal for um, for making masks optional. And that's something that's something we just can't have. And I believe that education, um, education is so important and children need to have a, a solid foundation. It's tyrannical. I mean, yes. it's like if you do not toe the line right. and follow our liberal um, mm-hmm. commands, right. mandates, executive right. orders, whatever they might right. be, um, we're going to make you pay. Right. And it's so terrible. My entire um, belief on that is who are you there to serve? You're there for the children. You're not there for yourself. And I just think that was one of the most beautiful things when he wrote in that letter that, you know, this might be my last message to you, but I'm doing this for That's the children. That's the principle of Queen of Martyrs. Yes. Yeah, saying to his uh, mm-hmm. his church, school family, yes. look, um, I, I'm, he's doing, he was doing the right thing. That's right. Especially for those kids. Mm-hmm. The kids don't need to be masked no, up. No, it's and Especially abuse. a lot of these cloth masks mm-hmm. or those little blue, uh, yeah. so they don't work. No, they don't. And and the children, they you know, they say they have headaches and other things. And, and there's yes. no science on it anywhere. The CDC has acknowledged that that does not even work. And we knew that back in April or May of 2020 that it didn't work. It didn't make a difference. And children, you know, they don't, by the grace of God, they don't suffer from COVID. So Monty asked this question of a, of a previous guest. So you get to Congress. Mm-hmm. You're in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. are you going to join the calls for an investigation on where this Wuhan oh, virus yes. started oh, yes. and the doings of Dr. Anthony Fauci? Oh, yes. I believe that um, Dr. Great, Fauci— The great and mighty Oz. <laughs> <laughs> he should be—I I believe he should be indicted. He lied to Congress. Okay, he, he there were Senate hearings with um, uh, Senator uh, Paul. He lied to Congress. He should be indicted for that. And I believe that um, China— Not Senator Paul, but Fauci. Oh, yes, yeah. of course. Fauci <laughs> definitely should be indicted for that. Um, I believe that um, that China, they, they released the worst plague on us that we've ever had in this nation in, in the last century. And I believe that the American people should also be allowed to sue the Chinese Communist Party. We should waive sovereign immunity, and they should be allowed to sue the Chinese Communist Party for causing the worst pandemic and destroying lives and businesses. Well, they may have caused it or released it, but mm-hmm. the Democrats made it so much worse oh, yes. in this nation oh, yes. by taking a two-week to stop the spread, right? right? Let's level the curve, right, to a two-year exactly. mask mandate and stay away from people. Mm-hmm. And 
we've entered our second year of two weeks to slow the spread, and <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. Well, they use Common Core math. So. <laughs> right. You know, math is racist now, so you know, you know, there right? is no right and right. wrong answer anymore. So I guess two weeks equals two years in their world. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So true, so true. Let me ask you this question uh, about education, education choice. There are proponents out there who say, yeah, we need education choice, but, uh, you know, there needs to be some strings attached. Mm -hmm. You know. Uh, some regulations. There has to be some regulations. Oversight. And, and there, there has to be uh, some curriculum that you must teach mm. okay mm. and that could be i'm saying they're going to spring this on us well you you can have your home school but you need to teach your school about lgbt your your students about your kids about lgbt history or you you must you must include hardcore sex ed as part of your curriculum you want to no strings attached that's right education choice plan. That's right. I believe that the parents should be in total control of, of um, where their child goes. I honestly believe that the parents should be in control of what their child is taught as well. And I think that goes back to um, the Department of Education, which frankly should not exist. I was speaking to a constitutionalist the other week, and he was talking about how there was an effort, I believe a bill out there somewhere, to actually abolish the Department of Education. And, I, and you know, at first I thought about it, but I think that's so powerful. I think that education should be something that's localized. There should not be a um, there should not be a big government approach to education because just like with everything else that that is up under the heavy hand of the government, it gets abused. And you get bad actors in there who sit in power for many, many years on end and nothing changes. And they just get worse and worse and worse, which is where we get the CRT and um, the sex ed, the LGBT and all that stuff. You know, it all it comes down from the top. It all comes from the top. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you, too. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you talked about, uh, you know, the great Dr. Anthony Fauci <laughs> needs to be indicted. Oh, yes. And for all sorts of maybe kind of uh, studies they were doing over there in China mm -hmm. that uh, maybe uh, possibly, he allegedly, mm -hmm. uh, helped uh, this Wuhan virus get out into the world. Yes. Uh, well, gain of function oh, research. Yes. Uh, but let's talk about something else. Uh, what do you think about what's happened at our southern border? Oh. Do you think, as commander-in-chief, as someone who's said he need to protect the U.S., that Joe Biden should be impeached? What Joe Biden has done to our southern border, let's be very clear, is 100% impeachable. You have people who are dead and in their grave right now because of people who have come over and have done the most atrocious crimes. Like President Trump always says, they aren't sending us their best and their brightest. I mean, they're letting anybody come over here. And it's not just the people coming up from Central America or Mexico. You have people, um, refugees from Afghanistan. I mean, I believe it was a story that was in the news two weeks ago. It was a six-year-old girl who was molested by a person from Afghanistan. And when he was put on trial, he said, that's my culture. That's allowed. And we cannot have that. Wow, he's already woke. And he said, yeah. uh, he's barely been here. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, they already it, it's already in them. And when you have a situation like that on the border, when you're just letting thousands, last year, some 2.2 million people 
came over. That's essentially the entire population of Nebraska essentially crossing over into our country. We got a whole state worth of illegals in our, our nation last year, and rarely anyone above a Republican said anything about it, and that's something that we can't have. Joe Biden should be impeached, and I will support any effort to impeach him as soon as I get there. Here's the thing um, regarding the wall in immigrants. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm married to an immigrant, but she came the right way right. through the right process. Right. And I'm all for, hey, bringing in a million people a year, but the right way. Of course. You know, this this two point plus million mm -hmm. coming in unvetted, unsecured. We don't know who they are. Unvaccinated. Right? Right. <laughs> Unvaccinated, right? <laughs> right. Right. It's, Why it's, do this during a pandemic? It's you foolishness. Know, I if they were really serious mm -hmm. about ending the pandemic, that's right. Right. they'd say, well, we got to shut down that border. Right. And that's what I just can't understand. Um, they're so strict on taxpaying Americans. You know, you can't go into a restaurant if you're unvaccinated. You can't go this or that place because you're unvaccinated. <laughs> But they let people who just got here this morning go anywhere. They're getting them bus tickets to anywhere in the world they want to go. But you can't go and eat downtown in Chicago without a little card. That's I right. mean, there's a problem with That's that. That's absolutely who, right. Who are you serving? Exactly. No, exactly. Not us. No. Not us. Let me ask you a couple pro-life questions oh, yes. here. Are you ready for this, my friend? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Softballs, huh? Uh, this, I ask this of all the candidates, okay? Uh, you point out that you're pro-life. Yes, sir. So if you're elected... Would you vote for an omnibus spending bill, you know, the big spending bill that they have out every year that government does? That funds everything under the sun. <laughs> uh, the military, roads, you name it, okay? Uh, does a lot of good things. Mm -hmm. A lot of good things for your district, the first district. But it also includes funding for Planned Parenthood. What do you do in that situation? You, you vote yay or nay? I vote no because I believe that... Um, you can do a good thing and still not do a God thing. So, <laughs> you know, good. regardless of what's in the bill, if you're if you're taking out little children, it's not worth any of it. Because once we're gone, who's going to be here for those roads and bridges? Who's going to be here for whatever else you're funding? How about the Social Security? Who's paying for Social Security? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. My Social Security. <laughs> My Social Security. I'm 65. Right. So, Gino, you mentioned God. Yes. So where does faith play a role in your life and in your run for Congress here? Oh, it's all number one. The entire reason I'm doing this is because I heard the voice of God tell me to run. Um, I had no intentions on doing this. I was still, you know, being a musician, just, you know, just having fun doing just doing what I was doing, but I heard God tell me on election, not election day, the day they installed, let's use the word installed, Joe Biden as the president. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, I heard God say I was laying in my bed and, and, you know, it was a cold January morning, but the sun just started coming. And I just felt warmth and just love all around me and all the turmoil that was going on. And I heard his voice tell me to run. And that's why I'm doing this. Beautiful. And um, that's number one in my life. God is always number one. Um, I come from a very strong Christian uh, background. My grandmother, my great grandmother, um, she pastored a church for nearly 30 years on the south side of Chicago. Okay. And um, my father is a reverend. I have cousins that are reverends. I mean, all down through my family. I'm very, very Christian. Okay. All right. And so it plays a part in, in why you're pro-life. It's number one, yes. Right? And pro-family. Mm -hmm. And, okay, and we, we had a discussion about marijuana. Mm -hmm. you, you're not in favor of legalization of marijuana. No, I'm not. Full disclosure, I can't stand the smell of the stuff. When I smell it, I actually get <laughs> physically sick. So, no, um, I believe there are enough troubles and enough problems out there on the streets. We don't need to legalize anything else. But they the, don't need the, anything. But the tax revenue. Oh, <laughs> it, oh it's, it's, it's filling the coffers of communities. Uh, 
know, no. How, what do you say to that? Well, they're going to smoke it anyway. Why not just tax it? Well, no, I, I don't believe in that at all. Um, the government is there to, not only to serve um, people, but to protect people. And if you're helping people get high, that's not protecting them. And you look at New York and they're having the, um, the zones where you can now shoot up in public and be monitored. I mean, who are you there? Who? It all goes back to service. Who are you serving? But the liberals will tell you, oh, but marijuana is not a gateway drug. Oh, but it is. But it is. Oh, yes. Absolutely. That's where it all starts. Absolutely. So that's th- that's that's very good. Yeah, education choice. You're you're good on that. Mm-hmm. Um, the life issue. How about religious liberty? What do you what do you think? How important is that, especially in the wake of these mandated shutdowns? Oh, yeah where liquor stores were open, but churches were closed. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, if you go back to the founding of our country, what were we founded for? We were founded on uh, religious liberty and liberty from tyranny. (laughs) And and I believe everything has come, you know, full circle now with these tyrannical mandates and these governors and mayors telling people you cannot go into a house of worship. Right. And if you stray away from what we were founded upon, which were Christian values, I mean, we've lost who we are. America does not exist without Christ, without Christianity. And the churches never should have closed. And I personally seen churches that I know of that closed and have sort of gone asunder and churches that remained open, you know, and said, you know what, Lord, um, I know what man is telling you to do, but you said to assemble. You, you told us, you give us a mandate in the Bible to assemble ourselves. That's right. And, and those churches that remained open, I know churches that have been blessed with $7,000 who remained open. Yep. They, you know, people just start donating to these churches. So I believe that um, those who stayed open, they were blessed by God, and those who haven't, unfortunately, they suffered, but they but made that the choice. It's the fear of man versus fear of God. Of course, right? of course. Mr. Young, mm-hmm. there's, there's also the prospect of the Equality Act, uh, and it's, it's out there in Congress. It hasn't passed in the U.S. Senate. It's passed the U.S. House. That's right. Who knows what could happen if, uh, well, the sponsors will keep bringing it back until it does pass. And they'll modify it here and there. They'll tweak it to make it a little bit more acceptable. More palatable, yeah. But it puts sexuality in the same category as race, okay? Gives it the same legal standing. Cannot discriminate. Yeah. And uh, goodness gracious, if you're uh, uh, a church and you just want to hire people who uh, are straight, well... You might have a problem because uh, a homosexual janitor mm-hmm. or accountant or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, how, how, what would you say to your fellow members of Congress on the House floor about the Equality Act? I will say this. Um, let's be perfectly clear. The Equality Act is one of the most insidious bills that's ever been proposed in America, probably the most insidious bill. If you look at it and you really get into the text, they actually have an ability to dissolve your church if you decide not to hire someone in the LGBTQ community. And if if government has that power now to dissolve ministry, going back to our founding, you know, who are we? If you're destroying the foundation of the bedrock of the Constitution and moreover the bedrock of Christianity, who are we as a nation? It's a free exercise of religion. Exactly, exactly. And and in that, I would say absolutely not. I would not support that bill. I don't want anything in that bill. You know, regardless of you can't talk about equality and talk about dissolving God in the church. You cannot do that. There is no equality there. But, but here, mm-hmm. will you? I know you're against it. But will you fight against it, knowing that the LGBT mm-hmm. left is going to come after you? Bring it on. 
<laughs> I'm here. They're going to call you a hater, Gino. They, they can call me. I've been called worse. <laughs> have bring, I have been. Bring it on. Bring it on. Like I said, I was, I'm was. i put there by God, and I'm not afraid of anyone. So. Oh, that's the best. So, so you're in a fortress. Oh, yes. The, the strong tower. Oh, yes. All right. I love it. That's good. That's, that's the kind of man we need in uh, Congress, don't you think, Monty? Uh, I think so. A lot has been said about... Uh, What's happening in the black community? Black on black crime. Oh, yes, yes. It, you know, it's it's it. What's happening on our streets is, it's genocide. Oh yeah. Okay. And there are a lot of black conservative voices who think that a big part of this is the lack of mom and dad oh, families. Yes. Oh yes. So what would you do in Congress to help promote the nuclear family that? The left is attacking, okay? Mm-hmm. Mom and dad families. I believe that all starts with um, the black community becoming less dependent on government and for there, being, for there to be opportunities available to them in our community. Um, if you go back and you look at um, the history of um, the Great Society in the 60s, before all of that, you'll see that the black community, we, we thrived. We had our own businesses. We had our own hotels. We had our own railways. We had our own nightclubs. You, you name it. We had our own everything. The first... Several generations after slavery were among the most successful black people who ever lived in America. And um, they didn't ask anyone for anything because they understood the struggle. They understood what true um, was what true uh, racism and, and what a true struggle was. But once those generations died off, you got the Great Society in the 60s, which created a system where um, black women were incentivized to marry the government and black men were incentivized to abandon their children and, and sort of just leave their children out you know, to the streets. And that's where we sort of got that gang culture and the crime culture of the 70s, 80s and the 90s and even up till now. But um, when you look at the breakdown of the family and the black community, that's where it all begins. It all begins with black people becoming dependent on government. If black people have opportunities, get up off ourselves, stop waiting on government, stop blaming white supremacy or you know white man bad, orange man bad, whatever you want to call it. Stop all of that foolishness and, and get up and do something for yourself. And, and just get out there, and, uh, and the opportunity is out there. Uh, black people in America, we have more opportunity now than we ever have in, in American history, but we're less successful because we're being told by not only um, white liberals or white leftists, excuse me, but our own black community, um, people like Oprah Winfrey, Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, these are powerful black people who have made it and are everything because of capitalism and because of the opportunities that were afforded to them. But now the most evil thing is that they're telling a whole generation, you know, I made it, but you can't, you're oppressed. But somehow you're a victim. You're a victim. But somehow, in this, in this, um, in the same sense, I was able to succeed. But you're a victim. So you need to be clinging to Almighty government for everything <laughs> that you need. And that's just that's the most evil thing to me. Telling someone that they can't make it, you can't make it on your own, is the most evil thing in my in, in my estimation. Boy, I think that was the best little re- rant I've heard. And yeah, that was awesome. Thank you. So government much. is replacing God. Of course, of course. Yeah. And. The government is replacing parents. That's right. And, and they want the, the, the people, not, mm-hmm. not just in the black community, but all of us, to be dependent upon government. That's right. And that's why they want to grow it. And yet the founding fathers, as you pointed mm-hmm. out rightly, wanted small government exactly. because that enables us to have the most freedom. Right. And, and I think, you know, um, going back to like summer of 2020, when you saw all the craziness in the streets, a lot of the kids out here today, they're looking for, uh, you know, a sense of belonging. And unfortunately, this an identity, is, right, right? identity and, and this generation is the least godly generation that we've had in, in history of this country. And, you know, as um, 
as as spiritual beings were created, you know, we long for that vertical relationship between the created and the creator. But once you remove the creator, something else creeps in there. And that's something else. We already know what that is. And, and um, that's why you see children out there, you know, in the streets. And they're out there with Black Lives Matter. They're out there, you know, um, with the different social causes because they're looking, they're looking for um, – from for what they used to get in the church, but they're looking for it in all the wrong places. That That's right. relationship That's between right. you know that sense of belonging is not there anymore. That's right. So they should be looking to identify with something in a bigger movement than yes. themselves, yes. right? Serving others. Yes. Um, maybe a good place for that would be like, like the Geno Young campaign. Oh right? yes, certainly, that, certainly. That, 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 Come on, you, 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 you can have a few volunteers. Right? I love that. And, yes. and working for a bigger cause yes. than yourself, right? That's right. So how would they get a hold of you? Well, they can reach me on www.genoyoung.com or email me anytime. Um, Gino, that's G-E-N-O, the number four, Congress, at info at gmail.com. Or you can give me a call. Okay, say that email again. Gino mm-hmm. for Congress. Info. Info at. Gmail.com. Gmail.com. You know, I went to your website, mm-hmm. okay, and you lay out there your contract with America. Oh, Yes. And I was so impressed. Finally, a politician who's willing to spell it out what I stand for. That's yep. right. Yep. Because, yeah. you know, at, at the end of the day— this He's is a Republican. What do you expect? <laughs> He's some Republican. Right, no, please. Yeah, you're right. right. You're right. You're right. He's above board. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. And, yeah. you know, it's all about, um, like like you said, the contract with America. It's all about a new contract. You know, no more tire cliches, no more bumper stickers, no more, you know, lies and, and, and foolishness, you know. It needs to be in black and white what we're going to do, and we need to hit the ground running day one so that we're not, you know, we've had Republican leadership, which has been utterly feckless in the past. Yeah. But, you know, they get in there and they do so absolutely, no, absolutely nothing. We're not going to have Mitch that. McConnell. Oh, yeah. Did I say that? <laughs> uh, Bruce Rauner. Look, oh, he, yes, look, yes. He, he, he enabled the abortion cheerleaders more yeah. blood. But um, having a contract, it's not about me. It's all about my constituents and about the people. This is not about me. I'm not going there to be the next, you know, next big thing or the next social media influence. It's not about that. You know, it's all about serving my constituents and number one, serving God, which is where I'm going. So, amen, amen. That well, is so if good. If you serve God, you'll serve your constituents. That's right. So, you can take some ca- campaign cash oh, on your yeah. website. Yes. All right. How are you doing on signatures? I'm doing well on signatures. Um, but uh, if you want to get a hold of my signatures, you can always email me. Um, my petitions. I have a PDF for that, which is available on the Will County Republicans um, website. Just go to the pe- the petition section on their website. You can find it there. Fantastic. All right, yeah. so learn more about Gino on Facebook and on YouTube mm-hmm. and, um, uh, well, wait a minute, um, uh, on his website. So uh, What's the website again? Um, the website is www.genoyoung.com. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Gitter, Instagram. Well, <laughs> Instagram is a different one, but you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Gitter at Gino, at, um, Gino for Congress and on Instagram at official Gino Young. That's awesome. Wow. All right. Well, God bless you. I, I'm so impressed. I, I feel better about America with this guy here. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if we if if we shock the world with? Oh, we're going to. All right. All right. I'm, I'm okay. That from your lips to God's ears, oh, right? Yes. Oh yes. <laughs> All right. Well, folks, uh, that is Gino Young, and thank you so much for being here. And uh, thank you for having telling me. Tell it like it is. Amen. We appreciate it. And thank you folks for tuning in. Uh, Do tell your family and friends about Illinois Family Spotlight. Until next time, stay healthy, stay happy, stay active, and God bless.